Cats are a lot smarter than we think. It didn't take long for Pal to learn how to fetch. Thanks, but I don't need a stick. Really, Pal, I've got all the sticks I need. Hey, Dad! I just taught Pal to fetch! And then I trained him how to speak. What is it, boy? What are you trying to say? Hey, Mom! I just taught Pal how to say he's hungry! But looking back on it, I wonder if I was teaching him those things? Wag your tail! Wag your tail, Pal! Good doggy! Or if he was teaching me. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of ECL Presents. This is Will, and I have something very special to bring you today. It just so happened that Lucas was, uh, well, I, think, I believe somebody may have slidden to his DMs, or either way, a little birdie told him that there was a certain voice actor from the many years that Arthur has been on the air that wanted to speak with us. And so, thanks to this person's uh, <laughs> educational Zoom account, uh, we were able to speak, he and I, uh, just uh, just a few weeks ago. And this person is uh, somebody that maybe you might not expect. I know that we've had a couple of interviews in the past of people who have uh, been voices on the show, but this is somebody with perhaps the most important role that we've had so far. So I was able to speak for a while with Dallas Joe Kick, who you may know as one of the many voices of Arthur himself. Yeah, it was a great time, and I really hope that you enjoy this talk that we had. Dallas is a great guy, and uh, I think that you're going to learn a little bit from uh, what he has to say about his time on Arthur. I would also encourage you to follow him on Twitter, at Dallas Jokic, Jokic spelled J-O-K-I-C, at Dallas Jokic. He's a great guy. He's very kind with his time and funny, too. And uh, he's got a little bit of insight to tell us. Also want to give a big thanks to our patrons, who uh, not only uh, were able to hear this interview first, but also supplied some of the questions that I went to during this interview. I really hope that you enjoy this. And uh, yeah, I know that I don't do interviews as often as I would like to, so I appreciate your patience in that, and hopefully we can get more going uh, sooner or later. In the meantime, here's another edition of ECL Presents, where we're speaking with one of the voices of Arthur, Dallas Jokic. Enjoy, everybody. If you don't mind, I'll kind of um, start by ramping up with your uh, some of your credits including your sure. perhaps your most famous one. I mean, it's it's quite the list. It's uh, uh, appearing in such shows. Oh, you know what I sh should actually do is, um, how do you pronounce your last name? Oh, uh, Jokic. Jokic? Mm-hmm. Okay, good to know. That's how my family um, says it. It's wrong, but that's how they say it. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that from? What nationality is that? It's Serbian, uh, but my, my grandfather anglicized it when he came to Canada. So I'm, I'm always a little bit in conflict about how I should say it, but most of my family says Jokic. I have, I have one cousin who says Jokic, but uh, I'm, I'm currently with the, with the most of the family in my pronunciation. 
Gotcha. Okay, from such shows as Super Y, Caillou, Babar, and the Adventures of Badu, and of course, Arthur and Postcards from Buster, we are happy to talk to Dallas Joe Kick today. Arthur himself. Dallas, <laughs> it's really great to meet you. Yeah, great to meet you too. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so pleased that we were able to kind of make this connection, and uh, you are actually the first Arthur that we've had on the show so far. That's that's a very uh, a proud achievement for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this is a really this is a really cool opportunity because I mean, you were on the show. I'd, I think um, we've interviewed, of course, Arthur voice actors from the past. We've had uh, Bruce Dinsmore on the show. We've uh, interviewed Jessica Cardo. So they've uh, they are still on the show. But you were. Um, you had one of the most central roles to a show like Arthur. So I'm really interested to get into, first of all, um, your involvement with acting. So you are from, are you originally from the Toronto area or the Ontario area? Yeah, I'm from Markham originally. Okay. So how did you originally get involved with acting? You've got a lot of voice acting credits, but I wonder if there was any other acting experience you had before and leading up to Arthur. Yeah. So I, as a kid, I always wanted to do acting. I always begged my parents to, I wanted to be on Barney when I was a kid. That was my big thing. And then when I was in grade six, um, I ended up at a, it's a public school, but it had a good arts program. And a number of the kids there had um, agents and audition for things uh, for various TV shows, commercials, that kind of stuff. So I was able to get set up with an agent uh, then her name is Miriam Vanderwerf. She she still represents me, though I don't do much uh, much in the acting world anymore. Um, and so I basically got sent to a number of auditions for both in on camera and voice acting uh, roles. And ended up the first gig I got was this thing called I think it was called like Treehouse Kids or I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically the voice for a toy. So it was a voice work thing where I actually voiced a physical toy. <laughs> and wow. anyways, that was sort of my entry into doing voice work. I think Super Y was the next thing after that, um, which was a great like children's sort of reading show. And so I ended up sort of finding this niche in voice work. Um, and so that was, that was my entry to it. So I didn't go in explicitly wanting to do voice work, um, but both my brother and I ended up kind of getting into that niche and uh, getting some cool opportunities out of it. So I, I was around, I think it was in grade seven when I first started doing Arthur. And that's also when most of my other credits happened. I see. Had you, uh, were you familiar with Arthur before you auditioned for the role? Yeah, like as a child, I would say I was like an Arthur super fan. I There was a time when I used to watch Arthur three times a day. I would watch it in the morning. I'd go home for lunch and, and watch it on the TV while I had lunch. And then I'd watch it after school at the end of the day. So I was a huge Arthur fan. Um, but I never it never really occurred to me the possibility of being on it. Okay, that's perfect. I mean, the, I, I completely understand being an Arthur super fan. I was to the degree where I could like, I've memorized entire episodes somewhere up there. Not not uh, friends or family's birthdays, but you know, entire episodes <laughs> of Arthur. So I understand that, that process of it. So um, tell me about the process of secure of securing that role i'm really curious as to how that would have operated now granted this would have been over 10 years ago but so you would have audition auditioned for it can you take me through a little bit of the process of what that looked like to eventually become arthur 
Yeah. So it's actually, it was kind of funny. I got an email from my agent and she said that they were recasting both Arthur and the brain on Arthur. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she submitted voice clips and said, the goal is to sort of match these clips. Um, and so I listened to them. I was kind of busy with school, something. And I, I said back to her, you know what? I don't sound like either of these parts. There's no point in auditioning. It seems cool, but I'm kind of busy this week. I'm just going to pass on it. Mm-hmm. And I remember she called me, I believe it was a call. And she said, uh, I know you sound like Arthur. I know you don't think you do, but I know you do. So you need to audition for this. <laughs> right. So I believe I recorded an audition first, though I might've gone in in person. I can't remember. Uh, and anyways, I, I auditioned for both of these parts, the brain and, and um, Arthur. And then I uh, ended up getting a callback for Arthur, recorded a couple things. They played clips of the previous Arthur to me uh, and just tried to try my best to match it and eventually ended up getting offered the role. And so I, uh, I started recording it. Logistically speaking, uh, where did you do your uh, recordings? It was in, I actually don't remember exactly where it was because I was a kid and didn't know Toronto of at course. all. Of yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I, but I went into a studio and recorded, I think at the most, when I did Arthur, I would record once a week. And I think it was every Friday. And they generally mm-hmm. were relatively short recordings. I worked on other shows where I'd be, you know, there for eight hour days recording. Arthur, even on busy days, they moved really fast. It would be, you know, a two hour record would be on the, on the longer end. Okay. That's, we did have a question from one of our patrons about the voice recording schedule. So done, done in a, in a quick succession. And I think, am I to understand you can probably, you can maybe confirm or deny this or, or whichever Um, the recording schedule, you would be doing seasons like ahead of time. Like would it be multiple seasons of, of episodes? Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly. So I think that if you look at the record now, I was I was Arthur for four seasons. When yes. you recorded it, it was only two seasons, then they were like 20 episode seasons, but then they ended up releasing them as uh, shorter 10 episode seasons. Mm-hmm. So I think I recorded like two seasons sort of together at the same time. So I think I did 12 and 13 and then 14 or 15 or something like that. Right, um, and on this kind of Friday schedule of a of a couple a couple of hours at a time. That's my recollection, and I feel like there were sort of two different periods, like two different blocks where I did it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. But I again, it was a while ago, so I don't quite remember. Of course, I mean, I think it's it's worth noting. Uh, what was kind of the age? What was your age range when you were recording these? So I started when I was in grade seven. Um, so I don't know exactly how old that would make me. I think I was probably 12 or something like that mm, when I started sure. yeah, and yeah. I finished in grade nine. So yeah, it was over like the course of basically two years. So from junior high to the very beginning of high school. That's right. I see. I, that's, that's interesting. I almost would have guessed that, I mean, um, I, I guess it's probably just projecting Arthur into the voice actor role, but I just imagine that you would have maybe been a bit younger. But uh, you were kind of in the in the preteen uh, age range when you would have been playing him. Yeah, that's right. And then I like I stopped when my voice started to change and I couldn't do it anymore. I remember a few, uh, maybe a month or two of, of really difficult recordings when my voice was just not that high anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and that was when they needed to recast. Did you have to do any particular magic tricks to kind of get to that register? I think by the end I was needing to do like more vocal warmups and stuff in the morning because it was... So if you listen to the prog- progression of Arthur's, which 
I don't know if you know, there's a whole online ranking of the Arthurs uh, message <laughs> boards. I've been ranked the second worst Arthur before, which is another oh, no proud way. achievement. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and um, so anyways, like it started a lot lower and hustier, like the Michael Yarmouth era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, his era was a little deeper and huskier. And then by the time it got to me, the voice had kind of creeped up. So it was very high by the time I was sort of matching the voice. So it was a bit of a challenge, but it was really just doing it like a relatively high voice. And right. there wasn't a ton of other ex- extra stuff I needed to do. I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't run across. I, I believe that these rankings exist, but we haven't run across anything like that. We are actually just about to finish the 10th season. So in about another Sometime next year, we're going to be running into your Arthur. But I mean, my my goodness, the second the second worst Arthur. I'm sorry you had to you had to kind of go through that. But you're right. As as the kind of the show went along, the that's a, that's a good way to describe it. The voice kind of creeped up in pitch. So that would have been, yeah, really difficult. I can think about myself in junior high. That was right around the time that my voice was changing too. So yeah. it was a little higher to hit the, that higher register. Absolutely. Um, we had another question from a patron and just talking about your favorite memories of working on the show. I know I, I understand it can be hard to remember these years ago, but um, do you have any like positive, like especially positive memories of uh, any of your time with your fellow cast members or just uh, fun sessions or anything like that? I remember really enjoying going to recordings. I don't have a ton of particular memories. So the way that Arthur was recorded is I always recorded on my own. So I never, mm-hmm. I met a couple of the other performers, um, but I never really worked with anyone or recorded with anyone on Arthur. Um, this might be a bit of a pivot away from Arthur, but I do have some very specific memories of working on Babar. And the one one that really stands out to me is uh, Gordon Pinsett, who was King Babar, sort of legendary Canadian actor. Yes. Uh, I got to record a lot of my episodes with him and he was incredibly, you know, I mean, he's, he's uh, still working and, an incredibly charming and boisterous and generous guy. And I remember one recording, he was sort of scribbling when we were recording. And then at the end, he handed me like a little sketch he had done of me, which I still have. Um, <laughs> so that that wasn't Arthur, but that was that was a show where I got to work with a lot of the actors that I um, that I was playing against. So it went a little longer, but, but I uh, have some more sort of distinct memories of that. I also did that one for a bit longer. Okay. Yes, you, you. That's quite. That's one of the more robust entries in your in your IMDb, which I kind of had to cross reference with Wikipedia and everything uh, coming into the interview. But uh, yeah, I'm, I did want to get into that a little bit in terms of um, your life post um, post voice acting, at least like let's say post IMDb. But um, so there was a period of time where you were on a lot of the shows that we mentioned. You were the voice of Arthur for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And then that seems to be that seems to be it from the IMDb side of things. Mm-hmm. But I am curious as to um, what I what kind of happened at that point after you were finished with um, Arthur, which is your most recent credit or actually postcards from Buster is your most recent credit. Um, did you, did you leave acting for a little bit or what kind of, what happened at that point in your life? So I did a bunch of theater in high school. I was like a big theater kid, did a bunch okay. of shows every year. And I, I really enjoyed that and kind of prioritized that. I also just, 
once you like once your voice kind of changes as a voice actor you kind of go into this time when you're really not very marketable for the most part because Mm -hmm. if they're looking for someone to play a teenager they'll generally cast someone a little older um and so I wasn't I didn't really prioritize my career it was something I enjoyed doing but it wasn't ever a prioritize a priority for me Mm -hmm. so I really focused on high school doing a lot of theater The, the last gig I did was actually um an episode of a Christmas special of Franklin so my okay. brother was the voice of Franklin for a number of years. And so I was able to do this, this episode where I played kind of an older brother character to Franklin, which was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> they actually ended up, I don't know if I should say this, but we, we later found the uh, recording of that years later and they had not told my brother, but they had recast him in that, in that episode because oh. I think that was on the edge of his voice changing. So there's this thing, my brother and I recorded that all together, had this amazing experience and then it exists, but it is, uh, me and someone else that I never met, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, so anyways, that was the last gig that I did, which was a really fun experience. And then um, I considered going on to perfor- to do pursue theater and acting and that kind of stuff. But I ended up uh, deciding to more go in the academia route. So I did my undergrad at University of Guelph and I studied uh, history and philosophy. And now I'm kind of, uh, I did my master's in philosophy a couple years ago at Queens. And, and now I'm doing my PhD at McGill. Uh, also in philosophy. So I've kind of gone into the academia route and uh, and left behind uh, performing. Okay. Uh, in terms of speaking about performing, I guess I'd like to just ask you what, what's, what's the biggest positive that you get from uh, performing and whether it's uh, voice acting or th- theatrical performance? Um, what was it that really spoke to you at the time and even still speaks to you about, you know, why it's why it would be something you would study and return to yeah that's a that's a good question I mean I think it changed for me I think early when I started doing performing and getting into musicals I just really loved being on stage and I really loved um the sort of vibe you get from performing with other people as Mm -hmm. I moved on I started to find the kind of more um in high school I got very into theater and like acting theory and that kind of stuff in a very pretentious way Uh, and found that really rewarding. And that kind of led me into the more philosophy world. And so I've kind of stepped away from theater, but I do do find I, uh, before the pandemic started, I had signed up just for an improv class to get doing some stuff again for fun. And and I found it really, um, I'm someone who tends to live in my head a lot. And so having something where you're just sort of out performing, doing something was kind of a relief for me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I find that the way it kind of works against my general tendency, which is to be in my own head, mm-hmm. is one of the elements of it that I appreciate and, and to some extent I miss. Okay. I'd like to know a little bit about what you've been up to as recently as this year. So you mentioned you're at McGill right now in a PhD program and you've kind of, you know, dip, dipped your toe back in a little bit into improv and that sort of thing. What are you... Um, what are you looking to do? I mean, this would normally be the part of just like, if you have anything that you want to promote that you're a part of uh, or anything that you would kind of want to get the word out about, but also just like, how you, how are you doing these days? What are you, what are you kind of, what are you, what are you focusing the most on? Yeah. So uh, during my master's, I wrote, I, I been studying over the last few years, a lot of um, the far right movement and understanding where it comes from and fat, like contemporary fascist movements, which I know mm-hmm. is a bit of a far cry from Arthur, but <laughs> here we are. Um, and so I wrote my thesis on uh, the emergence of fascist and far right movements in Canada in relation to settler colonialism. Mm-hmm. And my work in my PhD is sort of continuing on some of that research. 
Um, but I'm working with the philosopher Baruch Spinoza, who is a rationalist philosopher, and sort of uh, working with his philosophy to develop some um, political analysis for uh, where far-right movements come from. So that's that's kind of the work I'm doing right now. That's really fascinating. And I mean, you may be pleased to know that it's not as far removed from Arthur as you may think. Uh, The Arthur team, at least this year, has been putting together some really um, some really terrific content aimed at kids, but also meant to combat, you know, um, racism and and like anti-racism videos. And uh, there was one recently about wearing a mask, which unfortunately can get into political territory these days when you involve uh, the the far right movement and stuff like that. So it is good to know, at least I've said this kind of on the podcast, that Arthur still seems to be uh, a force for positivity, number one. But also it's almost it's almost a little bit like maybe children's first introduction to more left leaning ideals or at least more like community uh, focused ideals, which, of course, is what is still appealing about Arthur these days. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and I do think that's why it, as a show, I think, uh, really holds up and, and holds such a warm place in so many of our hearts because it, it, I think, has often been sort of on the right side of history, for lack of a better, a better term. Um, I am curious. I know that this is, I, I've, I've asked this before, and it's kind of a weird question because I used to work in radio too. And it's just like, oh, do you ever get noticed? I'm like, well, no, <laughs> but um, do you like? Do you have anybody in your life who like knows that you were Arthur? Like, have you ever had a reaction to to that from other people? Yes, definitely. It's one of those things that inevitably, if I tell anybody about this thing, or somebody Google's me and finds my IMDb page, uh, it starts to spread around, and and everyone uh, enjoys to bring it up as a fun fact at parties and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely calmed down a little. I remember in high school, it would be a huge thing. Everyone would freak out and of course, right. you know, uh, overreact in a very high school way. Um, <laughs> but these days it's a little more casual, uh, but, but it is one of those things that when people find out, they love to ask about and, and bring up and that's, mm-hmm. that's fun. So I, I, uh, so I don't get generally recognized by strangers, but it doesn't take long of me being in a certain environment for, for someone to find out. Um, <laughs> so it definitely comes up perennially. You mentioned it a little bit. Did your relationship with that uh, change over the years? Like, was there ever a time where that wasn't such a positive thing to get that attention? Or did you, or was it always kind of like a more on the positive side, being recognized, being recognized, so to speak, as Arthur? You know, it's never been a real problem. I, I think that there was a while that I thought that me bringing it up would, would be perceived as me bragging or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's kind yeah. of gotten to a point now where I can just bring it up and people are like, oh, that's funny. Um, as opposed to it seemed like me being like, you know, it's cool. I was Arthur. Um, <laughs> you I never can, use that as like a, a pickup line or something? You know, I, that is something I get asked a lot. I have not thus far. I know I, it's probably not probably not like the sexiest thing you can put out there, but uh, you know <laughs> it could work for somebody. Yeah. And of course, uh, we have to, we have to ask. Um, so of course, you were you were quite young when you were on Arthur, and even younger when you were, you know, um, wa- watching it on TV. But uh, the the listeners, the patrons, the fans alike, very curious. Do you have a favorite Arthur character? And if if possible, do you have a favorite Arthur episode that sticks in your head? So I don't know that I have a favorite character. I'd have to really think about that one a little longer. And in terms of episodes, I don't know if I'd say this is a favorite, but the one that sticks in my head and, and haunts me to this day is the Jekyll and Hyde 
uh, episode. And that song, whenever I'm a little freaked out, it's getting dark. I'm alone in the house. The Jekyll, Jekyll, Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde, Hyde, Jekyll definitely mm-hmm. uh, enters my mind. <laughs> I think I think you are um, you're in good company with that. There's a lot of people that still return to that. We did a we did a Twitter thing recently of like, what's your what's your favorite Arthur episode? And a lot of people were just like, oh, the, the one with all the music videos in it. So that's very well remembered. <laughs> all these years later um i will i might i might get you to maybe twitter dm your favorite character after you've had a bit of a think about it but i appreciate that you didn't just go to oh of course it's arthur why wouldn't it be (laughs) arthur no (laughs) i don't think arthur's the most interesting character no fair enough (laughs) i'll take out that position Um, well, Dallas, it was really good to speak with you. And of course, um, a lot of people very curious about what it was like to be part of that process, what it was like to be part of the Arthur process and, uh, and what you've been up to since. And it seems that, um, in a way, in a way, um, performing still, still in your mind as well. But I think we all, I, I, I'd like to think that the majority of the audience listening to this appreciates that you're kind of, um, using your energy to try and uh, understand and figure out one of the more fraught parts of humanity these days. At least I do. I think that's super interesting and I appreciate anybody who kind of devotes their time to uh, trying to figure that out and and more. Well, thank you very much. And it was, it was a pleasure to talk to you as well. Yeah, well, Dallas, great to meet you again. I'm I'm humbled to be in the presence <laughs> of Arthur, and we really can't wait to, to hear about you on the show. Uh, and of course, we'll be a we'll be a little bit kind. I don't I don't know, you know, second worst Arthur voice or anything like that. We'll uh, we'll try we'll try and soften the blow. I'm sh- I really can't wait to hear you though. I'm sh- I'm sure you're great. You can be honest with me. I'll I value whatever input you have. Fair enough. Um, well, that's Dallas Jokic, the former voice of Arthur. He will be re- forever remembered. There's a Wikipedia article, uh, and the, and there's not one for me. So I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm I'm humbled to be here with you, and thank you very much for speaking with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. <laughs>